Welcome to What Bubbles Up. Pop open your mind and a cold one and get creative with your hosts, Bill and Barry. What bubbles up? What's poppin' everybody and welcome to episode 17 of this season of What Bubbles Up. Woohoo! A show about ideas. Where do they come from and how do you know when they're truly great? Oh, Barry, it's the most wonderful time of the year. We won't sing it, but we will say it. And uh, Yes. Uh, and we're going to drink it, Phil. We're going to drink it as well. Yes. We are definitely going to do that uh, in spades. Uh, and it's a, This is... A, Boy, I, I do love these these end of year episodes that we do yeah. when we look back at the year that yeah. was. And boy, what an interesting year it was. Good, bad, ugly, but uh, very spirited uh, nonetheless. We do this thing every year that we call a year in flight where yeah. we uh, look back at uh, all the guests that we've had and we kind of celebrate their presence and, and the, the, the gift of the ideas that they're sharing with us and, and with our listeners. And, um, and we drink. We drink a lot. So, uh, Barry, you want to kind of give us an overview of this topic? Yeah, well, that's right. Like, like a lot of our ideas, uh, Phil, they're inspired by real life. And so in the same way that you can go to a bar and if you want to try uh, a bunch of different micro brews, you can order up flights of beer, little small samples of beer. The idea here is to offer up uh, small samples of some of our favorite podcasts from the past year. So we've chosen five. Uh, that we think are great to revisit and to sort of think about some of the great things that these guests talked about. And of course, Phil, we're going to also pair each one with a beer. So everyone Indeed. out there in What Bubbles Up land, this is the episode where Phil and I both have to drink five beers <laughs> and hopefully remain coherent all the way to the end. Um, uh, yeah. So looking forward to it. Well, it's a yep. it's an idea so bad it's not just good but great and um, yes, <laughs> the best way to start our flight around 2021 is by revisiting episode eight with our old friend yes. Misty Bell Styers, who uh, is the VP of, of the VP of Inclusion at City, uh, where yep. she leads a, a design practice that's focused on this topic of of inclusion, inclusivity. Uh, and uh, she uh, was uh, able to define for us, and I think in pretty stark terms, exactly what inclusive design is and what it isn't. And to start right. us off, the all-important question at hand, of course, is for this particular clip, what are you drinking? Well, Phil, I, I've worked very carefully here uh, to try to pair some some interesting beers with uh, each each episode that we're sampling. So for this one around inclusive design, I have uh, chosen the Stonewall Inn IPA from uh, Brooklyn Brewery, right? Hashtag pour proudly, right? I love the, uh, the the mission of this beer here. It's about raising funds for the Stonewall Inn Gives Back Fund. And it has a great saying here on the can, uh, make the world a more loving place, mm-hmm. one beer at a time. So nice. let me pour a little bit of this one here, Phil. Excellent. What are you drinking? Yes. Well, uh, I found a gem uh, from our uh, friends at Calvert Brewing. Mm. Uh, it's called Wokey. It is. Uh, it's, <laughs> yes. it's got a. It's got a picture of Chewbacca uh, on the side. Uh, Chewbacca the yep. Wookie, but he's Wokey with a hashtag Woke AF. And uh, yep. hopefully, our listeners know exactly what that stands for, and we don't have to <laughs> spell it out for them. Um, yep. This is a, an interesting concoction. It's an imperial cream ale brewed with cold brew coffee and milk mm. sugar. Uh, it is mm. 8.6%. And uh, why don't we let Misty kick us off here? All right. Enjoy. 
talk about the differences between accessibility, diversity, and inclusion. Um, and thank you for that question, because people, I think, use those words interchangeably all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a journey, right? Accessibility is a tool. It'll open the door and get you into the room. Yeah, It's the things that you need to enable someone for a use. Mm -hmm. um, inclusion takes it farther. Like not only do you get them through the door, but you like pull the chair out from the table and you offer them a space. And it's less about being a tool and more about emitting an emotion mm -hmm. and making people, making people feel like they belong somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that often when people talk about inclusive design, that they fall back on this idea of diversity, which is also like a part of inclusive design, but it's really just the visual aspect of it. It's just a layer of like making sure that you're representing people properly, that you're making sure that you're, I think the way people interpret diversity is often for designers, especially like, am I showing non-traditional families when I pick my Getty images? Mm -hmm. um, and while that can feel <laughs> yeah. inclusive, if you can find them on Getty, but it, it'll help you feel inclusive it'll help people feel included, but it's just like that super top thin layer. It's pretty superficial. Of something yeah. that's, yeah, the, you know, inclusive goes, inclusive design goes way past that. It's much deeper and wider than just a series of images. Yeah. 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 I, love, I love the sentiment in that, Phil. That's, that's, it, it's interesting as I think about it, <clears throat> she really hit upon a theme that I think was common for a lot of our guests, whether they were just making art, they were trying to, make art that actually sort of showed a sense of, of, of empathy, but mm -hmm. especially the people that we talked to that were creating, coming up with ideas or creating things that were trying to get, um, they were trying to be tools for a lot of people. This whole notion of, of not designing for yourself, but being mm -hmm. empathetic and trying to design and really understand the needs of so many others. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that's very true. And, you know, when I think about this particular episode, and we actually had a series of discussions that kind of touched on this topic of inclusive design. I remember mm. uh, our, our friend Lance Shields from uh, Adobe's uh, Global Design Absolutely. Group had some similar uh, topics. And, you know, I think I think basically at this point, there really isn't any excuse for not practicing inclusive design. I mean, when you think about yeah the sophistication of the tools, the knowledge that yeah. we have of the importance of a global community and uh, and having everyone have a seat at the table. I think at this point, Barry, you know, if you're not practicing inclusive design um, and you have all the tools at your disposal, you're actually making a conscious choice to exclude. And mm. uh, and that's why I love this beer because, you know, uh, it's, it's that I, I don't use the word woke very derisively. I think I think uh, to ignore reality is to be mm. asleep at the wheel, quite frankly. So yeah. uh, cheers well, to City yeah. for, for having Misty on, on the staff. I agree. I look and, and we're I'm optimistic about the future. I mean, another one of our guests, right, Adam Morse, actually talked about building mm -hmm. a lot of computational design tools that actually are going to be biased toward inclusive design, right? Sort of offering you color choices that are already pre-selected to have appropriate contrast for people that might be vision impaired or things Indeed. like that. So I think that there's a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah. Phil, what's our next episode here? All right. We're on to uh, episode two and uh, flight number two. What What's next Indeed. for us? Okay. Well, for our second flight, uh, second stop in our flight around 2021, we're going to revisit it, 
revisit the episode with our friend Kathy Heppenstall from uh, back in episode 10. If you recall, Kathy is a uh, published author. She's written many, many books, um, and many of them have been quite successful. Uh, but uh, you had uh, reached uh, back out to her because she was someone you had known uh, in a previous life. Yeah. Back, in day, back in the day. Back in the day. And she had, she had posted something on LinkedIn about, today I failed. And yep. that really was a, a vibrant conversation about how to deal with failure. We talk a lot of, in our business about failing fast, failing early, failing often. And, uh, but that can take a real toll on you, especially if you're an artist. So uh, let's listen to Kathy tell us about how to survive failure. And before we do, we need to introduce a beer. So Barry, for <laughs> Kathy's right. installment, uh, what are you right. drinking? Well, Kathy, so Kathy, uh, is, in addition to a lot of her articles, a lot of them are really around um, sort of giving advice to writers, right? She's a novelist. She's an author. Mm -hmm. And she has this thing, uh, this incredible article that she wrote where she talked about her brain like it's a horse. I think it was mm -hmm. called, I think she said her brain is a horse named Clyde or Clyde. something. I can't yep. remember. Yes, that's exactly right. So that's what I was internalizing when I picked out this beer, uh, this beer here. Actually, it's from Proclamation Ale Coal. It's called Derivative Pale Ale. Hmm. Um, it, it looks beautiful, but mainly I was attracted to the fact that it had about a dozen horses on there, including yeah. a unicorn here. So I loved it. It says, describes the beer as a unique snowflake, a unicorn on a farm of Shetland ponies. So wow. I thought that this somehow <laughs> matched exactly what Kathy's talking about. So I'm going to open this one up. Okay. That'll Ooh, be a good one. Nice. Phil, what are you drinking? Yes, and thank you for the virtual reminder. How could I possibly go on to the next episode without introducing a beer? And I've got a yes. fun one for this one. Uh, for yes. Kathy, uh, I'm going back to Old Faithful, our friends at Aslan Beer Company, which is dangerously mm. close to my house. Um, this is a 5.5% uh, IPA called mm. Power Moves. And I love the idea, this notion of taking power away from failure and using it to uh, basically inspire you to move forward and do something new, something exciting. We're going to hear Kathy talk about that very notion. But first, let me pop this open. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Excellent. That's going to be a good one. And uh, mm -hmm. one sip, and then we'll listen to Kathy. Here we go. Indeed. Indeed. Here we go. It takes a lot. You know, I, I've, I've done, you know, I, I've done this for a long time. It takes a lot to crush me. And I'm somebody that just gets right back up after I'm punched and says, I didn't hurt. But this hurt. Mm -hmm. I uh, I had a my my agent, my agent has, uh, was a, was and, and is a great agent. And I had a book called The Colony that mm -hmm. I was so excited about, about seven people who went to Costa Rica and within three months, uh, all but one were dead. And it yeah. was like kind of a, and, and I still am proud of the book, but I have to say that the book was not my friend. Sometimes I write a book and immediately it's a friend of mine. Like, yeah, but yeah. this was just a book. Yeah. And, a, and my agent said, I just don't like this book. I just, and, and we had, we had published four or five books together. Yeah. And he said, I, I know this book means a lot to you. And I could hear the glass, the, the ice crackling in his glass of Jameson. I know yeah. he loves Jameson. So I know it was a hard conversation because I heard the, gla the, the glass yeah. crackling. Yeah. I was driving in Louisiana just in a terrible state of mind. And all the stuff had happened. I thought, oh, he's calling me to tell me what a great novel I wrote. So he mm. said, uh, yeah. I, I just can't. You're going to have to go 
you, I want you to see other agents, which is like, you know, a, wow. a girlfriend. Tells like boy, yeah, I want up. you to see other yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was breaking up. I almost drove the car off the road. So, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, so when an agent sends out your novel, they'll have, they'll show you who they sent it to. Yeah. And I was looking at all these famous names of these people that at the heads of publishing yeah. houses. Of who, it was who. a writer's mm-hmm. dream come true. Yeah. And I thought, this is, this is it. And, she wrote me, you know, I didn't hear from her, which is never, a, it's not all, it's not always a bad thing, but it's, in my opinion, almost never a great thing <laughs> to hear, <laughs> yeah, to not, yeah. after they are what they call on sub, to yeah. not hear from them. So like three, three and a half weeks later, she wrote me and just said, people are, you know, that nobody's buying your novel, basically. I mean, to, to cut to the chase, that's what, what it was, that nobody wanted it. So yeah. if you go out wide with a novel and everyone wants it, that's a great thing. If no one wants it, that, it really mortally wounds your novel in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, you can go to smaller presses, college presses, maybe you can totally rewrite it and beg your way in, but it's essentially mortally the heartbeat is, yeah. Yes, the heartbeat is faint or non-existent. And... Yeah. Yeah. Then I thought that's, I mean, it killed, it killed me because I, I was like, you know, I, in a rare moment, I was really feeling sorry for myself. I thought I worked so hard on this and I know it's a good book. Yeah. I know that yeah. it's, uh, I know it's a very good book. They wanted another book like the book of Polly because they're not idiots. They didn't want a complete, like yeah. Yeah. a suspense novel. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, okay, this is a huge failure. So the fact that this is such a huge failure is a set of commandments. It means now, A, somebody's got to have some good news from this failure. So in my mind, I made this space of this beautiful, you know, um, they called, uh, there's Carlos Fuentes. Um, He wrote a novel one time. I think it was called Christopher Unborn. And a critic called it a beautiful failure. And yeah. I, I just mm. love the beauty and failure. And I became so fascinated. And I thought, okay, this failure is like a stake in the ground. It's like, you know, a gauntlet thrown. How yep. can I write something or do something or be something that will eclipse this failure? And in fact, how can I look back on this failure and say that was the beginning of something fantastic? Yeah. So that's why I wanted to write that post also because I hate, hate people talking about being humbled and proud to get some stupid award. Yeah. I've yeah, got yeah. stupid awards and I'm not humbled or proud. It's the opposite of a brag. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm humbled and humbled. I was actually like bleeding when I was on, you know, I was yeah. spiritually, I, I'm i about as far down as I ever get when well, I wrote they, that post. They, they wanted the follow-up to Purple Rain and you gave them around the world in a day. Uh, which, 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 by the way, was a wonderful album, but just That's wasn't so Purple Rain. That's so good. That's yeah. so true. And I am a big fan of Prince. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. So uh, good. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's funny, Phil, you know, like you and I both have stood in front of clients and sort of like, you know, stood there all knowing and said, you know, the whole key here is to fail fast. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to learn. And it's true. It is true. We want to kind of fail fast as opposed to failing sort of slow. But Mm -hmm. I do think it's easy to overlook the pain of failure, frankly, and, and sort of the recognition that, you know, this is why a lot of people sort of like dull their ideas down and kind of, you know, try to be really conservative with them because they're just trying to sort of avoid failing as opposed to really trying to succeed. But Mm -hmm. I, 
I I don't know. Kathy, first of all, in this episode said about a thousand fascinating quotable things. Indeed. We were like, we need yeah. to get into the t-shirt business after yeah. recording Kathy. But <laughs> yeah. but I I thought this was just a great lesson of sort of like the humanity. And, and especially the other part that she really goes on after this, because ultimately the story here is that she turned this failure into an opportunity. And she like in a number of weeks actually whipped around another novel that became a very big success for her. Yep. Yep. And so she kind of learned what she was good at. And I would argue maybe in this instance, she learned a little bit what she wasn't as good at. And it kind of redirected her back to some of the stuff that really sparked um, interest in other people. Yeah. Well, I think again, as creative people, uh, you can't help but put a a, a, quite a bit of your own identity in the things that you Mm. do. And so for someone to be told your book isn't selling, that means people don't like me uh, or, or, You know, in a fail fast sort of product design standpoint, it's not so much about me. It's just you know, the, it didn't a, a accomplish a goal. But if you're actually you know feeling like your idea that you claim put a stamp on is not fit for print, uh, that can be incredibly damaging. So so this so to yeah. to admit the weakness and then turn that weakness into a strength is a particularly tough skill. That only the yeah. most seasoned of professionals, I think, can pull off. And, you know, if you can learn anything from Kathy, just know that, you know, something better is just around the corner. You just ha- got to have faith that it's there. Yeah. It reminds me of a of a quote from another one of our guests uh, earlier this year, Rich Siegel, who once told me, that he said, <laughs> Barry, you know what the difference is between a junior creative and a senior creative is when a client tells you they don't like the idea. Do you or do you not go, fuck you, I worked really hard on this. <laughs> And that's basically, that's the difference between a junior creative mm-hmm. and a senior creative is, yes. is you've got to basically, I think senior people and Kathy obviously have learned, have learned that not everything is going to be a hit mm-hmm. and that actually what that needs to be is a learning event and that you are ultimately are just, you know, you're able to now sort of begin uh, the work on your next big success. That's right. So Rich what have you got Siegel. lined up for us for yeah, Rich Siegel? There you go. That's, that's, that's right. A little profanity in the, in the program yeah. in the name of Rich, just for him. <laughs> what is the third episode you've got for us here? Exactly. Our third flight. Well, I think it's actually pretty appropriate that we go from Kathy to Dan, not, uh, uh, not just because, you know, Dan Mall, who, if anyone knows, uh, is is one of the all stars of all stars mm. in the product design mm. and, and design systems world. But back in episode eleven, it was he he was the follow up to to Kathy, and Kathy talked about failure, and Dan uh, talks a lot about you know how to get over failure. One way is to be generous with the idea making mm. process, and something that's I think probably a little bit harder for more junior folks is to um, not worry so much about credit, but worry about, you know, just making things better and being part of the, 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 the creative process. And the faster you get that sense of approbation, the less you need it. So let's listen to uh, Dan Mall in a second. Uh, but first, for this particular episode, Barry, what are you drinking? All right. I thought about this too. So I love Dan. Dan is awesome. He talked a lot about how the sort of the spirit of invention is often around sort of like copying and then remixing and Mm kind of like repurposing existing things. And so in that spirit, I am choosing a, the lining Kugel's summer shandy fill, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is either depending upon your viewpoint, a remix on beer or a remix on lemonade, but basically it's a combination of both. 
that kind of creates something that is one of my favorite drinks, certainly in the summer. Also, uh, as I learned on uh, watching like late night documentaries, it's the beer that Ozzy Osbourne drank when he was 10. So there you go. Summer shandies. So if it's good enough for Ozzy Osbourne, Hmm. it's good enough for me. So I'm going to crack open this remix. All right. What are you drinking? That is a very summery, refreshing beer. And it must be, what, 38 degrees in the Boston area, something like that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a little out of character for the time, but yeah. I've got some heavy ones coming later, and I need to like sort of like calm myself down here to prepare yeah. for the 11 percenters coming down the, down the pipe. Oh, fair, fair enough. Okay, well, you what know what? What are you drinking? Yeah, funny enough, I kind of went with that, that remix uh, angle as well. Uh, what I've got <clears> here, uh, again, I'm, I'm pulling out a bunch of stuff I've never had before, so... You know, yep. all bets are off. But um, this is from our friends at Center of the Universe Brewing Company here in Ashland, Virginia. This yep. is called, and I love the name of this, El Deuterino, uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> it is a white Russian stout. Yep. Uh, and it, but it's also an ale brewed with lactose and spices. So it's a mix of like mm. an ale and a stout. And you got a white Russian. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a mix of things. And sometimes you got to put stuff together and see what comes out the other side. So let's try this yep. and see what happens. Ooh, that's going to be Ooh, good. That'll be good. That'll Let me get a good. sip of this. All right. One sip and then we're on to Dan Mall. Ooh, that's actually quite tasty. Yes. Let's hear it, Dan. Dan, what are you going to steal from this conversation? Any new ideas here? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Um... I'm going to steal what Phil said he was stealing from me because I don't think I actually said it. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I think what you put together was a thing that I'm like, ooh, that's really good. I don't. Yeah. You meant uh, it, though. You meant it. That's I, I the guess, thing. Maybe, maybe. But, um, and I, I'm going to remix it a little bit too on my yeah. own, which mm-hmm. is the idea that like uh, ideas are generous. I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. I don't know that I've ever thought about them that way, but like I believe that that rings true. I think that they're humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's the thing that, like, I think that's easy to forget for folks who are later on in their career or have been doing this for a while, right? It's like, I remember, um, I remember being really hungry to be an art director when I wasn't mm-hmm. an art director. I was a senior designer and I would do anything to be an art director. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I became an art director, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. It's like, that. like <laughs> and, and I remember being a junior designer and being uh, like infuriated at the fact that like people wouldn't listen to my ideas. And I remember a creative director saying to me, listen, if, if you're really about the idea and you're not about the credit, mm. tell your idea to me and I'll get it. I'll get it pushed through. If you want the credit, that's not a good way to do it. Yeah. But if you're, if it's just about the idea, you know, tell it to me. And I was like, I don't, I may, it might be about the credit. Actually, I, I think I do want the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And now I don't care about the credit, but it's because I got the credit all like I already had it. So yeah. I think there's this idea that, that, um, that ideas are humble, mm-hmm. um, but not everybody is prepared to be humble, you know, and nor should they be either. So, you know, that's the thing that I'm going to take as like for our more junior folks, how can we give them the credit? How can we give like, rather than withholding the credit from them, Let's give it to them so that they get to the point quicker where they go, oh, yeah, I got so much credit already. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How about this? Ideas are like money. It's the currency of creativity, but you got to spend it in order to make it. Boom. There you go. Did you come up with that? I did. I did. <laughs> no. 
No, he didn't. He yes, I did. He was rehearsing it in front of the bathroom mirror Get last night. Come on, Dan. Yes, that's right. He's sitting there in his boxer shorts, brushing his teeth, going, wait. Do I, which, where do I, where's the emphasis? Is it in the first sentence? Or? Ideas are, ideas are, ideas are. <laughs> That's right. It was, I, I kid, I, I kid. I own the edit bay, gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I create oh, yeah. our own truth. All right. All right. Oh, there we go. Classic. Pretty good, Pretty good one. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. I love yeah. what he talked about though. It is, it is interesting, Phil. It is, I mean, there are two sort of big things that really kind of strike me from part of what he's talking about there. One is, it is so important. Every healthy really, and frankly, the, the most creative places I think I've ever worked, and probably I would argue you've ever worked too, are, mm. are the places where junior people feel really empowered to participate, where junior mm. people feel like you know they're being heard, and where people really kind of the senior people are less worried about credit, right? Yeah. Some of the least creative places I've ever worked are where, you know, you, you have to like hide your ideas, like mm -hmm. you're a prisoner in jail, like trying to like right. protect your lunch or something like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, I just think there's something really smart in kind of recognizing that, that the more that you can kind of like give credit to junior people, the more it's kind of create like an infectious creative energy. Mm -hmm. And then the second big part there is just about ultimately at the end of the day, <clears throat> what you learn is you become more senior and maybe just advance is that the ideas are really ultimately that what matters, not sort of like who gets credit for them. All that yeah. stuff sort of like works its way out. Like you always mm -hmm. are, people notice who's in the orbit of the ideas, whether they're directly given credit to it or not. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's powerful. Like, I mean, the lesson there is really try to encourage and almost like sort of work extra hard to give credit to junior people for their thinking. And then yeah. the second thing is don't even worry about the credit. If you're sort of from yourself, just worry about the ideas. Everything always works out in the best. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. And, and you know, the teams that you and I have put together and coached and led and mm. been a part of, um, we not only did we practice sort of like servant leadership, but the community is all about being a part of something bigger than yourself. And credit is yeah. all about the individual, uh, which is really runs uh, counter to the, you know, an esprit de corps um, where these pods or these groups of, of, of people kind of work not just with each other, but also for each other. And that goes mm. for us too, as leaders, you know, yeah. we're there for them, not the other way around. And so yeah. if, if, if you're looking for credit, we all share in the credit because we all win. It's not yeah. about individual wins and losses, debits and credits. That's, that's from, you know, the old ad days of yore. Uh, now yeah. it's, 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 it's really about how to build teams, how to create successful experiences and really ideas come from everywhere and anywhere. Uh, in yeah. fact, some of the best ideas probably come from the people who are closest to the ground in terms of culture and, yeah. you know, what's going on in the in the zeitgeist, if you will. Um, not from old schmucks like us who, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah. We're done and I, dusted, <laughs> quite yeah. frankly. I love some of the stories that, like, I mean, just to go to another person that we sort of talked to earlier in the year, Jill McCracken, when she mm -hmm. talks about putting a band together and what yeah. it's like to create music as a band. Like, you know, she would walk in with an idea. She might walk in with a lyric. She might walk in with a melody. But it really became a song when the band participated. That's right? right. And everyone mm -hmm. kind of brought their whole self to it. And I think that that kind of sense of teamwork is um, the best way to kind of create 
great ideas, right? Everyone Absolutely. feels like they have a role to play and they're all being heard and they're all, they all get to kind of like play their instrument in the song. That's right. That's right. So here, what's here. our next one here, Phil? Three, three down, two to go. We're yeah. doing okay. I feel, I feel, I feel pretty steady so far. I feel centered. Uh, not I, me, I don't know. Man. I prepared for this episode. <laughs> I like, I like watched a couple episodes of like Kung Fu. I sort of got centered. I, I was already. Really? Wow. Uh, no, not at all. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, 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 I mentally prepared myself for this. But, uh, yeah. but here we go. This is where things start to go dark. Here we're gonna we're about to get so. to beer number four, episode number four. What's yeah. next for us? Well, if you could see my desk, it's kind of a sloppy mess. All this beer sloshing around, and that goes <laughs> for the the occupants of the desk as well. But we're gonna keep That's on trekking. Uh, with uh, episode four, which is actually the last episode that we recorded of the year, uh, which was um, Stephen Imhoff, uh, yeah. who is a uh, makeup artist and special effects artist. He's worked with uh, all sorts of people in the past and, and some of your favorite movies and, and ours. One of them, of course, is uh, Clive Barker of Hellraiser yes. fame. Um, and he's part of a really rich network of of creative professionals in the movie business, makeup artists, hair uh, 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 stylists, um, yeah. costume artists. And his thing was all about how collaboration begets inspiration. And um, uh, before we uh, listen to it, let's uh, check out the beers that we're going to that are, we're going to pair with this particular episode. Barry, for Stephen Imhoff, what are you drinking? Right. Well, I love Stephen. I really enjoyed talking with him. And one of the things that I took away from his his conversation was that really his entire career, the success that he's had, has really been centered around working with friends, I guess. And so, mm -hmm. so that's the connection that I have to this beer here. So this is by Knockabout uh, a Beer Company, which is a total Cape Cod beer company, right yeah. from Mashpee on Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. And this is a beer uh, that they call Game Night. And really, I think the connection to me was when I sort of like read about the history of Knockabout Brewing. Basically, it's like a bunch of friends working together, doing what they love right there on the Cape. So I'm going to fire this one open here. Oh, Ooh, that's going to be a good one. There it is. Phil, Absolutely. what are you drinking? So... Uh... Uh, again, against my better judgment. Uh, so last year, uh, I had Hardywood's Christmas Morning, uh, which was <laughs> a very, very hoppy stout uh, with some maple syrup and some other crazy stuff in there. Oh, wow. For yeah. Stephen, though, I'm switching up a little bit. This is also Hardywood, but this Ooh. is the Kentucky Christmas Morning. Uh, Look at the shape of that bottle. That looks yeah. medicinal. It well, <laughs> it's gonna taste like some <laughs> like castor oil or something. Um, yeah, it's an imperial milk stout aged in Kentucky mm. bourbon barrels with ginger, yep. vanilla, honey, cinnamon, and coffee. And the reason why I chose this beer for Stephen is his career was just full of surprises. Yeah. Uh, he did not plan a whole lot. Uh, he yep. basically got on, got in his car, uh, graduated. At 3 p.m., arrived in L.A. at 3 a.m. and yep. let his career unfold, and it was just a just a like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, uh, yep. to quote uh, Forrest Gump. 
So just like a Christmas morning, it was a surprise waiting for him that he didn't even know was there waiting for him. I'm going to yep. pop this open. It's a bottle, so it's not going to have a satisfying pop. Ooh. Oh, good activity. Pretty though. good. There you go. Pretty good. Excellent. Pretty good. And uh, while I take a sip, let's listen to our friend Stephen Imhoff from episode 16. Um, a friend of mine has a, he has his own studio, <clears throat> Vincent Van Dyke Effects, and I've been actually working there. Yeah. Just, you know, working in this great shop with these great artists and I get so much of a, of a artistic, you know, jolt from seeing what these people can create and what they do and what they have. And just everyone there is at the, at the top of their game. Mm. You know, I just like to walk around and just, you know, whether you're sculpting or painting or, or the tech that goes into making these complicated molds, you mm. know what I mean? Or just a silicone fabrication, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. a, you know, a girl Gwen there does and Carl and this, you know, guy, you know, Carl Lyon and Rob Freyas who do these molds. And I go to the sculpting room and I see, you know, Vince will be sculpting in there and, you know, a guy that he hired named Daniel and, and, you know, going in the hair room and seeing what they do and seeing yeah, what yeah. Sasha does, just making these realistic things. I walk around there every day and just like, I get inspired mm. and I like being told every day without being told, if you can think it, you can make it. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Yeah. That's nice, good advice. Nice. Oh flow. my God. It makes me sad that we're all working virtually right now, Phil. <laughs> I know <laughs> <hear> that story. <laughs> exactly. I know. Exactly. I know. If you can yeah. think it, you can make it. Is that not the most inspiring quote ever? Um, it's totally true. It's wonderful. It. Yeah. What, what were your yeah. thoughts on that episode? He was, he was a fascinating dude. I just, I just sort of dug his, his whole story. I also think it's real. I mean, I, we like to do a little bit of a fun episode <clears throat> kind of around the Halloween, you know, mm-hmm. you know, period. And so we, we sort of work some of our connections to get connected to Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to me, it's just another example of how every kind of artistic profession really can have an incredible influence on every other artistic profession. Right. I mean, he's, he's sitting there trying to figure out how to do like blood effects for horror movies. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. here going like, Hmm, that actually has relevance for this service design project that I'm working on <laughs> yeah, for this right. bank, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, but it's absolutely yeah. true. I, <clears throat> what I loved about it is he is clearly, even though he is incredibly accomplished and well into his career, still mm-hmm. just sort of inspired and almost like a kid in a candy store, frankly. That's right. And I think that he's put himself in an environment, which he was describing there, that is really about inspiration and and he has let himself be open to discovery he is sort of like he he i think he sort of sees what other people are doing and is inspired he sees what other people are doing and he almost gets competitive and he wants to do it too mm-hmm. and just kind of that that absolutely sort of like open possibilities like if he can imagine it it can be done if he can just figure out how i think it's a wonderful lesson so many of us i think as we kind of get better at our craft start to maybe in some ways like narrow the window of possibility on what we can do, right? We really Mm -hmm. want to focus on the things that we know how to do and things that we do really well. And I thought Stephen's inspiration for all of us was that that you really need to keep that window open, right? And that the true creativity comes when 
even, you know, you're deep in your career, you're trying things for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. And you're inspired by others to just sort of challenge yourself. What did you think? All that is incredibly true. Um, I was having a a lunch with a friend uh, who's also in the design world uh, a couple months ago. And we were talking about, you know, what is our responsibility? What is our obligation at this point in our careers? And I said something to the effect of Michael Jordan never won a championship until he learned how to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so it's not about necessarily being the best. It's about making everyone around you better. And that's mm. what I think collaboration is all about. If you're the star, yes, you can get the best stats, so so to speak. But if you're not inspiring others to be better versions of themselves, then, you know, mm. why are you there? You know, and um, and so to be, you know, like him at the top of his game, but still feel like he's got so much to learn and so much to do and how he's inspired by all these other people. That's what anyone who's a little bit more seasoned and senior in their careers should should always look at, you know, yep. their, the, the day to day. It's not just about. It's, it's not actually at all about being the best of what you do. It's about making others around you better and, and yep. not just inspiring them, but being inspired by them, um, yep. which, you know, that, that's that's uh, that's a that's an uh, an omnipresent steel right there. It's always yep. going to be right there for you. And uh, hats off, hats off to Stephen for uh, being, a, a you know, just a, 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 a great crafts person. Uh, but also a sharer in, uh, of generous ideas. Yeah, 100%. All right, Phil, we're four down. We're still yeah. upright. This is a good sign. <laughs> what have we got here? What's our, let, take, bring us home, baby. What have we got? Number yeah. five. L- limping over the finish line. Um, so we thought it was, it was going to be appropriate to uh, pick for our fifth and final installment in the uh, uh, flight of 2021. Someone whose career has uh kind of had a lot going on with it but ever forward ever forward someone who's always looking to the future and for that we're looking at our old friend Souf Syed who is the uh the director of uh uh, health at Microsoft uh we've worked with him a whole lot um over the years he's he's lived a life as an experience designer as a strategist as as an engineer now as a product person and um you know, his his whole thing is about, you know, the future, what the future holds. And so um, uh, we thought it was nice to think about. Yes, this is a this episode is about looking back, but let's let's end by looking forward. So for this particular episode, Barry, uh, what are you going to be drinking? All right, Phil, this is the big finish here. So uh, this is this is <laughs> when I dive into the 11 percent here. Beer. So this is oh, a, yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Is it Trogues? Yeah, Trogues. 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 We'll go with that. Yeah. So this is the Trogues, the Mad Elf here, basically, which is uh, I've seen eleven percent yeah. with a hint of cherries. Uh, it's not the holidays until you've had your Mad Elf, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I, I, I don't really know what the connection is with Souf, except that I wanted to end on a holiday thing, and I <laughs> and I heard Mad Elf, and I thought of Souf, and it made me laugh. So yeah. I guess that's the connection that we'll go with right there. That's a visual. Um, but I'm going to enjoy this one here. And uh, this is the one that's going to basically send me either into the holiday season or to bed here. So I'm going to try yeah. to crack this one open. Oh, Ooh. there we go. I got a little bit of a noise. That was good. Uh, got some action on that Bill, one. Bill, what are you going to drink? I am immediately thinking of 
Suf in an elf costume, uh, a la yes, Will Ferrell. Perfect. I think that, that would should work be well. the uh, that should be the episode uh, graphic. I think. Yeah, <laughs> we'll try and we'll get some of our friends to Photoshop that for us. Um, yep. So I'm back to Calvert Brewing uh, with this particular one, but as I mentioned, um, this is about futurism, looking to the future, seeing what the future holds, and uh, uh, for this particular episode, I've paired Suf's episode with um, a hazy IPA called. Excellent Adventure IPA, a la Bill and mm. Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. And what Excellent. did Bill and Ted do? They they traveled through time. And that's exactly what Suf did with us. So I'm going to pop this yes. open. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to have to clean this mic. Uh, it is yeah. doused. Yeah, there's a lot of spritz point. on the mic. I would <laughs> just like to, 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 to loop back and say that this beer is delicious. But mm. unfortunately, it's like delicious, like bourbon delicious. So. Yeah. Yeah. My commentary may be a bit sort of slidey, I think, at the yeah. end of this one. Let's <laughs> listen to soup. Here we go. Absolutely. Here we go. With, without, without a doubt, you know, things like security, especially when you have sensors and instrumentation anticipate behavior, it can get very big brother mm. very, very. Mm. So let me get to that part in, in a bit. But yeah. intelligence, like you said, is, is IoT from a platform perspective. But mm -hmm. I think it's a little more than just the device sitting on, you know, by your bedside and emitting information based on whatever it's collecting. I think it's a little more about how do these individual devices communicate with each other so that they can make the next best, best step for you as an individual human being. And, you know, my home is, is geared with all, all of these crazy devices. My wife works in the same place. I work in the same place. So at, at some day, we're going to wake up and just realize that we have too many and throw away all of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're going to go hunt rabbits in the forest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, so the idea is, and, and this, is, this is why you'll see how all of these five things come together so beautifully and overlap and intersect mm. because all of these are, are, are you know, platforms are beginning to come together. So I have a Sonos, I have an Alexa, I have a Google Home. Yeah. Air purifier is, yeah, you know, geared in and whatnot. But I, but I also do see a lot of opportunities for these devices to actually increase. And we know from a lot of stats out there that the number of connected devices within the home are set to increase like exponentially in the next five years. So when you look at that um, trend and you, when you follow that trend, what you really want is for the user to be at the core of that entire experience, not singular experiences where my Sonos just doesn't play music, but it understands the context of my mood mm. and then plays the music that is required mm. to augment the mood. Right. That my hue lights don't just change light and don't just change colors of light, but understand the nature of the conversation and then use the, the, the lighting and the ambience to communicate with the Sonos about what kind of a mood is required for when Suf is productive at work or when Suf is just like casually sitting and reading the book. Yes. And that understanding becomes extremely important. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I've got myself <clears throat> three virtual assistants sitting on my desk, and I'm waiting for the day when they rise as one and slay me in my sleep. <laughs> they, uh, do they ever <laughs> argue with each other, Phil? Does yeah, like Siri, yeah. like correct Alexa, and then Google Play yeah. gets involved and tells them to calm down? I no. didn't know that this Google Home had a uh, middle finger extension that uh, could <laughs> <laughs> raise at me. Yeah. Uh, we crack ourselves up, don't we, Barry? We crack <laughs> ourselves up. But although yeah. I have to say my favorite part is when Suf went third person in the middle there, just like Bo Jackson. When Suf yeah. is like, 
like the Barry is not happy. The Barry doesn't. <laughs> Souf is like starts referring to himself as the Souf. I like that. That's I know. I know. Well, look. <laughs> he can't. He some sometimes he can't help himself. I you know if if uh, if your persona is is larger than life, then then sometimes yeah. it's uh, re- requires a distant referral. But I you know <clears throat> first of all, uh, not to not to jump in, uh, but yeah. uh, I feel like what was interesting about this first of all. You know, Suf has done so many different things, and he's worn so many yeah. hats that that yeah. what I what I like to think about with with product people is basically: Are you an honest broker? Are you mm. someone who can combine the inputs from all these different capabilities and make a sound decision? And the one thing yeah. that rang true for me was: It's still about the human at at the core yeah. of of these decisions. Ultimately, is yeah. it going to make my life better? Is it going to make the context within which uh, these devices interact with, with with one another smarter, more efficient, um, and and augment my reality as opposed to supplant my reality. And I think that's what all technology should do. It should not replace, but rather augment my my condition. Right. And yep. what better place to do that innovatively than in health? Right. That which is what which which is what he focuses on. So can these semi sentient autonomous creations of our own making actually work together to make our lives yep. better without the spookiness of the big brother aspect of you know using our data and and robbing us of our you know personalities <clears throat> no it's if it's all supposed to make our lives better and that's that's an idea worth you know pursuing right yeah and i i love um thinking about all of these emerging technologies and emerging platforms and kind of like more sort of like our artificial intelligence features as as kind of different sort of mediums or different maybe like sort of like palettes within someone's art to kind of experiment and to poke and prod and to kind of understand how they can play a role in our lives and how you can experiment with them in the same way that a painter might sort of like try different colors in a painting and, and try different things. I, I, that's mm-hmm. the other thing that I think is interesting about Souf is he yeah. he really is sort of experimenting and, and trying to look at these things. And you're right. He's not talking about sort of thinking about ideas just because you can do it, you know, should you do it. He really is looking at things through the lens of people and what people want and what people yeah. would maybe appreciate, you know, do I, you know, it would be great if the world around me kind of recognized the mood that I'm in mm-hmm. and basically sort of like bent to my will and bent to my needs a little bit more. Right. And so I yeah. wouldn't feel maybe so alone in that, in that aspect. Yeah. So yeah. great episode. Suf talked about a bunch of stuff. He talked about a bunch of his imperatives and I'm really excited to continue, frankly, Phil in 2022 to build out more content, much mm-hmm. like a lot of the content that we sampled right here. I think we had, how many episodes did we do? 17 episodes? 16 is, episodes? Yeah, 16 episodes. 17. This is our 17th. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, a, it was a big it was year a, for us. It was an awesome year. It was just in terms of the podcast. I think we did what we wanted to do, right? We talked to a bunch of people that are in in, in sort of the experience and design businesses. We talked to a bunch of people that are just more pure artists. We talked to musicians. We talked mm-hmm. to people that were launching businesses on Kickstarter. We talked to people that I actually think probably we're going to hear a lot from in the coming years around sort of like new businesses around AI. Mm-hmm. We talked to some incredibly um, sort of like em- and, and, and talented emerging talent, frankly, Michael Hardy, a whole bunch of stuff like that. Mm. So I, yeah. I think uh, this year was just, you know, a plus Phil. And, uh, yeah. and I'm looking forward to next year, frankly, where I think 
you know, as hopefully the world allows a little bit more travel for you and I to potentially start to get out on the road and interact mm-hmm. with people and actually maybe start to do even some live recordings and some things like that. Yeah. I think that the kind of content that I'm looking forward to bringing to us, you know, to all the listeners here in, in 2022 is, is only going to be even better, but, uh, but yeah, I want to thank, Indeed. I want to thank all of our guests for an incredible year. Thank them all for appearing on what bubbles up. I think we had a lot of fun. Um, and I want to thank you, Phil, for what was a, a great year overall, frankly. This was, you know, we're all sort of like locked still in our guest bedrooms and in our closets as we yeah. record this whole episode. I can't believe yeah. the pandemic is still going. Yeah. Um, but uh we did some we did some really great stuff. And I thought that this was a this was actually a, a high point of my year. Oh, indeed. And 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 likewise, thank you, Barry, for continuing to partner with me in this effort and for uh, you know, uh, doing the lion's share of the the acquisition of these great guests that that that, that we've had. You know, normally at, at the end of an episode, we like to do the uh, the what are you going to steal uh, question. Mm. Um, I'm not going to steal anything necessarily from our guests, although we did plenty of that uh, this past year. One of my favorite uh, music artists is uh, Ben Folds, uh, mm. famously of uh, Ben Folds Five, and and now from yeah. Solar Work. And uh, he did a, a commencement address uh, at uh, UNC Greensboro, uh, which is uh, actually where he went to school. And um, here's his quote, if I may uh, uh, indulge myself for, for a few seconds. Yeah. This is from Ben Folds. Here's what I want to tell you. It's one simple concept. And it sounds like rhetoric, but it's a big deal. It's about ideas. All the stuff I've ever done is the result of ideas. And it doesn't have to be big ideas. When you're living your life, you stop having ideas because you stop having time for ideas. But make time for ideas. Ideas will get you laid. <laughs> but what he's really saying is ideas are important. And ideas yeah. uh, are the, the lifeblood life of creativity. It makes the world go round. And this is a podcast about ideas. And I think the best idea of all is to continue our work in sharing others' ideas with the world uh, in 2022. And I look forward uh, to the future that we'll build together. Yeah, outstanding. Awesome. That's right. And so uh, to everyone listening, if you haven't yet subscribed, we really want to invite you to subscribe to What Bubbles Up. We've got now two years, maybe two and a half years, depending on how we count it, of content Mm -hmm. that is uh, sort of in the library. We're going to keep rocking and rolling in 2022, hopefully get on the road a bit. You can obviously catch us on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, on Anchor, on a half dozen other sort of like platforms um, and and be, you know, sort of subscribe to us now and be looking for us at some major shows, hopefully uh, upcoming uh, next year. Phil? Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so by emailing us at whatbubblesup at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at What Bubbles Up. Once again, thank you, our listeners, for listening to another great season. We will catch you on the next episode of What Bubbles Up. Cheers. What bubbles up? What bubbles up? My feels pumping off my podcast. What bubbles up?